Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm David. Ah, and so am I. Welcome back to the podcast. We're at the halfway point already. Time is flying. It is indeed. And this week on The Traitors, they're really serving us mask for mask, aren't they? Spoilers, spoilers. Let's get down to it. Not like that. Wash your mind out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So diving straight into the turret today, that's the first thing that happens in this episode. We're going, it's like weirdly structured, but we're in the turret and Siri is trying to argue. You've got fear in your eyes there because you can't remember. <laughs> no, I do remember. I just didn't write any notes for that bit. <laughs> but I do remember. I do remember. I said turret and David went, <gasps> I could, and I felt him pucker. <laughs> My first word is breakfast. <laughs> sure. So in the turret, Siri is basically like, I'm having my way yep. and I want Ryan to go. Um, because, and she doesn't trust Christian or Cody, which is interesting in itself. Particularly Cody at this point, because she's saying she wants Ryan to go. It's seemingly partly because she doesn't believe that Cody is telling the truth that he didn't know Ryan before they went into the castle. And then Cody's saying, yes, I, I didn't know him at all. I think it's more that she wants to like check that she can trust him. So she wants to get rid of one of his best friends. I don't quite understand, but I also think she's probably smarter than both of us combined. So I'm like, oh, let's go with it. She is for sure. She is. So they go down to breakfast and at breakfast, Cody is wearing a white granite collar t-shirt with like a Burberry blazer. The one that was in like the Vox Pops from last week. The Vox Pops are like what we call the talking heads like the diary room bit he looks fit but he looks exhausted and he has like really guilty eyes yeah he looks as bad as the toast the toast is all burnt and a bit saggy <laughs> like that's what cody looks like but cold which is the perfect way for toast to be and then christian's come into breakfast dressed like sherlock holmes for some reason <laughs> yeah or, or a really bad extra on peaky blinders yeah very that <laughs> do americans have peaky blinders it's brilliant they must it's do. a very if you, good if show. you don't have it the americans listening to this find that show it's really good what i loved was that they walked into breakfast and cody was sat next to quentin who also is serving looks and has a voice like honey and caramel and would love to drink that one up and then cody says i'm getting drained and quentin says i can see that would you like to see that too david i would love to see that <laughs> there's something about how christine relishes it though that like christine like relishes murdering people it kind of rubs me up the wrong way he seems like he's enjoying the game right we've watched the whole of the uk one all of the us one everyone seems stressed at any one time and whether they're a faithful or a traitor christian just seems to be loving the whole thing and i don't know if it's just because he's a bit stupid like a stupid labrador or something mm. like you could hit labradors and but they'll like, still complain <laughs> with you <laughs> but like siri like she's doing the murdering but i also like i feel like i've got an emotional connection to her and i feel like she feels bad at least a bit yeah. Whereas I don't see that from Christian and I wish there was like a bit more guilt. Are you saying that we're probably going to have some true crime podcast about Christian where they find all the bodies in his garden? I'm not saying that, but I'm not not saying that <laughs> either. I've actually not written down who's murdered. Was it Ryan? 
Yes, it was. Because basically the last person to come in was Kyle. And it was really funny because everyone did that thing where everyone moaned. What a horrible, you come here to breakfast and everyone's like, oh. We did that during Bake Off when you came down, didn't we? We were like, oh, not you again. <laughs> oh, God. Little Miss Mediocre sitting in the middle of the pack every week. <laughs> it's a good place to sit, actually. I mean, it worked out for you. I don't know why I'm complaining. Well, Ryan tried to be Little Miss Mediocre, didn't he? Because he was never... Ryan didn't really do much. In he, his saggy hats. He's, his saggy hats. He wasn't ever going to be vote out because he didn't no, really do anything he was, he was always going to have to be murdered yeah and i also love that whenever someone's murdered their first thing that they say is it's because i'm a threat like, no <laughs> yeah. that's not how this game is working yeah. <laughs> like none of you are currently threats <laughs> i don't think ryan said that ryan i was looking up did some kind of thing at the beijing olympics where he thought that oh one of the only fans people said this yeah yeah where they thought that they had they claimed they were held up at knife point or something or gunpoint and then all that really happened is he'd urinated over a petrol station yeah. And it was to deflect about the fact he'd done urination in public or something. And look at him now in a Scottish castle in the Highlands being evicted by... Well, basically he we lost know. all his sponsors. So that's why he did Traitors US. <laughs> I didn't even get any money from it. Um, I love when Alan comes in and throws their pictures on the floor. I don't know if you mentioned it before, <laughs> but I'm obsessed with it's him. It's like, so camp, but brilliant. It's so... It's like, oh, well. <laughs> Toss them away. Slap bang gone. Brilliant. Question to you, Michael. When Kyle sits down, Kyle was friends with Ryan apparently didn't really see that bit happening but cody turns to ryan and says the three people who ryan had been talking about yeah he's like ryan confided in me for no reason because they weren't that close really and no. yeah he he basically tries to like throw in like a spanner in the works except kyle just goes oh so you're a traitor then <laughs> yeah because he because he basically says that ryan said kyle was one of them and kyle knows that Ryan would never have said that. So yeah. why did he do that? Yeah. It's Was he just very, stressed? I think it's just panic, like panic in his eyes, the, the the kind of panic, dark black eyes that he has at the moment. But also when he went, Kyle went over to Stephanie and was like, immediately, he's a traitor. Like, this is it. Yeah, Kyle actually said, I've got a flip flopper. <laughs> he does say I that. Mean... He does say that. Um, and then there's also tension elsewhere in the, in the castle because Kate and Rachel are properly beginning to lock heads. So Rachel walks into the living room wearing a tapestry for, for some reason. I don't know where the tapestry's come from, but she's wearing that. And Kate just storms out, just leaves because she's apparently too annoying, which I kind of love. It's starting to become this thing where there's like a sub game to the game, which is you have to either be Team Rachel or Team Kate. I'm Team Kate. Team Kate all the way. All the way. And Quentin is after Kyle at the moment because Quentin thinks that Kyle keeps changing the subject too much. Yeah. I mean, Quentin is a political analyst, so he's good at this kind of thing, but he seems to be one of the only ones that's actually analysing anything. Right. He so, seems on it. So we've got Quentin after Kyle, Kate and Rachel after each other, and Kyle after Cody. Yeah, Cody basically... And if you're not watching this show, how you're following these conversations, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> My husband Nick is listening and he's not watching the program at all. Oh, I got a little excited when you said husband then. That was nice. Uh, so the mission is a church task. So they're back in the church again and they all walk in and then all the pews are filled with people wearing masks and it is fucking creepy. Yeah, it's very... Because also churches in the UK are quite creepy anyway. Yeah, and then they all, the way that all the people with the masks turn as one to look at them and then, yes. then the blonde one starts like shrieking um, and saying, I'm going to have a panic attack because <laughs> people are looking one, at it. Do you mean Angelica? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what her name was. <laughs> it's quite a boring task really i didn't really love it yeah i'm not great with riddles can you do riddles i quite like a riddle i see i don't basically if someone goes these were very easy riddles yeah because even i got some of these but if i don't get it in the first instant i can't get it i'm not thinking about after that i can pretend to be thinking about it but i'm just not trying they were split into teams and then one person from each team had to go and get the clues for the riddle from 
What's his name? Alan. Alan. And then Alan gave them the clues to like where they could find the riddle in this book. They had to go back to the book, find the riddle, solve the riddle, then go to a person wearing a mask to collect a piece of gold if they got the right solution to the riddle. Basically, yeah. it's another one of these tasks which has two steps too many, but it was fine enough. The thing I love the most was the fact that Rachel said she was very, very good with riddles. And then mm-hmm. when they got one of the riddles wrong, which she got wrong, she blamed everyone else for it. Mainly Kate. It's always Kate's fault. Whenever Rachel gets something wrong, it's Kate's fault for no reason. Kate's just standing there. Um, Kyle got told the clues to find the riddle by Alan, then completely forgot them. And then in Cody's, <laughs> my notes are meant to write Cody's Vox Pop, but my notes have said Cody's Cox Pop. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a motto, correct? That was Michael. I'd like to see Cody's cocks pop. Um, but the, uh, the <laughs> cocks pop. <laughs> but his vox pop is so put together, they basically chopped and changed like three different sentences. So he's like, I think that I would. And then he's like, I think he will be murdered. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you, like, what is it? Like, what's going on? I hate it when edits are so obviously disjointed and constructed but anyway boring task i didn't write how it ended they got some money i think oh basically one team got them all rachel's team didn't get any and the other team got them all and was that kate's fault probably yeah um so they get back to the castle and it's a bit more discussion time before the round table yeah because they're doing a lot there's a lot of lobbying and rallying going on at this point this is what siri does so i think siri has the kiss of death so she finds out something and the, like everyone's suspicious of somebody. So she finds out people are suspicious of Kyle. And then she goes to Kyle and says, people are suspicious of you. And then Kyle runs around trying to desperately save himself in the space of like five minutes. And then the process makes himself look incredibly guilty because he's working too hard. Yeah. So Siri knows what she is doing and I'm obsessed with it. Although Quentin, because Kyle is basically telling them people about the information that Cody's given him. Mm. And he's saying that um, Ryan would never have done it to him. And then Quentin says, a bro wouldn't toss out another bro. From my what? experience, bros toss out other bros all the time. It's Sean Cody a bro, because he definitely <laughs> tosses out other bros. <laughs> and Chopper Johnson. <laughs> Chopper Johnson is definitely a bro as well. <laughs> Shout out to you, CJ. Before we get to the round table, Kyle is chatting with Siri. And in that conversation where Siri's told him that people think he's a traitor, he's like, I've got suspicions. And she's like, so tell me them. And he's like, no. That's not going to make them trust you, is it, Kyle? <laughs> no, not at like, all. What are, you, what are you doing? Yeah, he's done that thing where, like you say, he's run around trying to, because he's desperate, thinking, but then he's not playing it very well. He's no. not really getting people on his side. So at the round table, the prize has been rounded up by Alan to $115. And they all finally have a bit of space between them at the chairs. It's not yeah. quite, like, there's no invasion of personal space now. But then even at the round fucking table, Kyle won't let any of his suspicions out. So at the round table in front of everybody, when the choosing who to banish, he's like, I've got suspicions, but I won't tell you who they are. Why not? This is literally the place where you do that. This is the point. We we know with this that you basically pick one or two and everyone goes after them. So you need to put people's names forward. What is he doing? Then Stephanie, I think, is becoming quite astute in these round tables. She's beginning to begin to clock people, which is good. And Kate is just so angry. She's over it. Yeah. She's completely livid with absolutely everybody at that table. She's furious with Rachel, but she's just at a point now when she's just like, can we get this over so I can get my fee and go back to living on yachts? Yeah. And also it's quite annoying because Rachel's saying, oh, it's obviously Kate because she went hard after Michael. But a traitor wouldn't... So did Rachel. So did Rachel. And also a traitor wouldn't 
do that because it was putting too much attention on yourself anyway to then when Michael has found out he's a faithful, then everyone's going to go after you naturally. So a, a traitor wouldn't do it. It's absolute nonsense. By the way, I started watching Below Deck because of Kate, because I realized that I was going to run out of my Kate fix. So she's in Below Deck, which is on Netflix in the UK. I'm not sure where it is in the US. She is like a lesbian legend icon. She is wild. I love her. Welcome, Kate. An ally, a member of the community. Welcome to the community. I'm not sure how many more there are in this season, actually. We don't have many gays in this year, do we? Well, Cody is I can't remember any of their names. (laughs) I don't think, I think Cody's got a wife, but I'm not going to think about that too much. No. But also that does not mean that he doesn't dabble any other way either. I mean, he is definitely by that's definitely fixed in our that minds. is canon uh, <laughs> back to the round table uh, the votes go four votes to kate and nine to kyle and kyle is eliminated and reveals himself to be a faithful but just a bad one so yeah it's not great but weirdly alan at the end of it like scolds them it's like he's telling them off like a school teacher it's really like his relationship with them is very odd i can't work it out but yeah. he's like telling them off for not getting one and it's like well they all know it's bad like, they're going to get murdered overnight, not you. And also, and you know who the trade side. It's easy for you, Alan. Yeah, back off, Alan. Cody, though, I reckon, might have revealed himself this episode. I think it's a matter of time before Cody goes now. Oh, no. We don't have to keep on watching after Cody, do we? Well, Quentin's still there. I don't mind. Okay. That's okay. I'm fickle, David. <laughs> I don't mind. I'll switch straight over. Is this the point? When does Alan tell everyone that Amanda has I mean, left? now. No, he doesn't tell everyone. We find out that Amanda's gone. So they walk off to the oh, turret. Okay. And then Alan's like, Amanda has disappeared from the castle or something like that. I mean, nowadays, if you'd hear that, I just think it's COVID, but it might have been something else. But how would she have caught COVID? Because everyone else hasn't got it. True. Maybe oh, she Amnesty just is... like ate a bad steak. Oh, it could be something really juicy if she had to fly home. Mm, like what? Like a crime. She could have committed a crime. Oh, so she could have been discovered to be a murderer. An actual murderer, yeah. An actual one. Who knows? But regardless, Amanda is gone. And then they're in the turret and they're all deciding who they're going to murder. And then there's a knock at the door and everyone's like, who could it be? And it's obviously going to be Alan. Yeah, why are they acting so shocked? I mean, we don't know because the episode hasn't finished yet. But to me, it's like, well, it's going to be Alan. Who else are they going to send in there? No one else (laughs) knows that you're traitors. The only person who's around that area who hasn't gone to bed yet is Alan. (laughs) And there's like all these like strings going like, unless one of the faithful have just found the way to the turret. That would have been an iconic moment. But also imagine being the producer when when a faithful walks in, you're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) But we're not going to know till next episode. So, the traitors survive to betray another day, and as Alan said at the end of the episode, the days have eyes, the nights have ears, and the traitors have a murderous plan. What does that even mean? I honestly don't have a clue. It makes no sense. I wonder whether he got the script wrong and they just left it in. (laughs) That would never be us. We get our scripting right first time. Yes, first time after three or four test runs. (laughs) (laughs) There's also some good news for our US friends. One of our favourite bottoms on OnlyFans, Christian, has let us know that you can watch the UK season of The Traitors on Peacock now. And I have to say, it's really, really good. Seconded. Anyway, on to the taste test. And this is another one from me. My favourite sandwich filling is chicken tikka breast with butter and marmite. Go on, do your worst. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, it's us interrupting us to promote us. If you'd like to support us, you can join our Patreon. It's called our OnlyFans, and you will get this. Okay, I'll see you never then. Well, <laughs> you don't exist then. Well, like, goodbye forever. And a bit of this. Devin and Con will argue about where to put the cream. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of that. I don't want any part of me to be needed. Hey, what about this? This sounds like quite concerning. Do the police know about this? What? The so, statute of limitations. It's whippy. It's whippy. Yeah, we don't actually know what's being put in there. Hopefully it was all really good stuff and now you want to join us. How much does it cost, David? It costs about the same price as a cup of coffee each month. Just have one less coffee and have loads of extra content over at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. Chicken tea breast with... Butter and Marmite. How did you come across this, Michael, first of all? My granny makes it in sandwiches. Oh, I thought it was going to be a, um, a hung... A, oh. a hung what? <laughs> a hangover cure. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I like... I mean, I don't eat chicken, but I, when I did eat chicken, I loved curried chicken. And Marmite salty. I think I'm with you on this one. It it's sounds weird. It's really but... nice. So we used to have... It tastes best in a bap. Um, oh, a soft white a bap. A soft white bap. So basically, we used to have like picnics and, they were, and she would make them all like as a thing. And the best way to do it is you squeeze the bap together so it's kind of becoming kind of all dense. But the, the sharpness of the salty, yeasty extract with the... What's the problem with that? What you... <laughs> the yeasty extract. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> with the curried uh, tigger breast is lovely. And the butter. Mm. But talking of Marmite, producer Alex has requested that the, was a really bad segue but it was something to do with love or hate you know what i mean oh i thought you were meaning that he was gonna have a marmite cake well because he's formally requested <laughs> us to shout out the fact that it's his birthday today so we're gonna make him a chicken tikka and marmite birthday cake how do you feel about that <clears throat> yeah lovely marmite buttercream <laughs> oh actually that could be quite nice okay it's coming your way people, Alex. happy birthday people doing brunches keep like making like marmite whipped butter and like what's like it's the same as whipped buttercream really you can make a sandwich cake like they did on Bake Off this year, but with a Marmite buttercream. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. 
onto the inbox. You did a really weird thing with your hand then. That was nice. (laughs) Do you know, I was worried about this podcast, Michael, because... This podcast you know, or like this section? This re- no, just the record of this whole podcast. Sure. Because, you know, usually people don't know this because we, we just sparkle on the podcast. But <laughs> often we come to this podcast feeling quite harried or tired or hungover in your case. Or <laughs> just hey. feeling a bit rough or not in a good mood. We both entered today feeling great. And yes. I thought maybe this can be one of these things where we feel good. At, so therefore it's going to be shit. So we hyped up before this week's episode by showing producer Alex some of the lip syncs from this week's RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Which were, I, I'm, I'm not watching this season because fuck RuPaul and his fracking ways, but I loved this episode. So I watched the lip syncs and it was kind of iconic. Yeah. Also, um, I ate one of Michael's biscuits and it's given me a sugar high, but it was also absolutely delicious. Anzac biscuits and the recipe for those will be on our only plans in the coming weeks. Ooh, we are so good at advertising these days. Do you know what? Yeah, and I'm not being funny. They are one of the best biscuits I've eaten. They're really good, aren't they? They're yeah. a nice, simple one and they're kind of oaty and, and coconutty. And but you nutty. added something in as well, which was good. we're not even going to tell you because it's going to come up later. Some bits from salty nuts. Ooh, lovely. It's not come. He didn't put come in. <laughs> not, not that you know of. <laughs> Actually, it was salty. Alex was loving his <laughs> as Alex well. Alex has just <laughs> winced and retched a little bit. <laughs> okay, let's go to Kathy. Talking of tasting your own things. No, no, we won't. No, <laughs> no let's not. We We're moving delve. on to a very serious question from Kathy. <laughs> Kathy says, I'm a librarian turned bookseller, and I'm interested to know if either or both of you read for pleasure. We if do. If so, can you share some of your favourites, either over time or recently? And then she finishes with, thanks again for the podcast and your wonderful social media presence. Sending you my best wishes from America. Oh, of course you couldn't not read out a compliment. <laughs> uh, we both read a lot. We're both big readers. Yeah. Um, my favourite book of all time is The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Ah. It's just beautiful. And like, yeah, it's a Greek classic. It's about the, the Greek tragedy of Achilles and Patroclus, but it's in a really beautiful way. And she's also written Circe. Yeah, both of them are on my wish list and I've not read either of them. Partly because I'm not really great with historically things like that. Oh, it's not but... very historical at all. Like it's it's written like a modern day love affair. And because Achilles was a massive gay, it's great. Okay, I'm going to check that out. My top tip for a novel will be one you've just read recently, which is The Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. <sighs> yeah. It's brutal, yeah. but it is also very, very good. I'm not very emotional. As I famously, using Michael's phrase, mm-hmm. went all the way through Bake Off not crying. And one of my reasons for going on Bake Off was to see if something could break me. I don't really cry. I'm not very emotional because of all this internalized homophobia and having to pretend that you're know, hating yourself and pretending you don't for so long. So I'm not very good at crying. And I've only ever cried in two books. And a little life into them as in like you open the pages cried in and well, close them again basically a little life i w- had a wet top and a wet it got to the point where the book <laughs> was top. getting wet <laughs> lucky nick i had a wet top <laughs> but yeah that book is up there on my bookshelf up there it is so it's beautifully written yeah but just like devastating she also wrote it really quickly it's Did a big she? book she wrote it in three months apparently oh christ which is crazy another one i'd like to put in is middlesex by jeffrey eugenides right that's really good that's very very good that's about someone i think it's someone who's non-binary i can't remember now or maybe they're trans it's a long time ago now another good book is all the light we cannot see by anthony Dewar. Dewar? i don't know that is that a French... very lovely book it's a wartime book it's about a little blind girl and i think a member of the hitler youth but it's really beautifully written like really gorgeous and because she's blind the way he describes her world is really 
stunning mm. also like send any book recommendations we'd love that yeah we would do okay a non-fiction michael's you talked about travis alabans the other day yeah and their book another non-fiction book you like because you read quite a lot of non-fiction um oh i really like this, this might be a rogue choice but i really like the ben mcintyre books about wars <laughs> i love about spies <laughs> yeah he basically writes them after the all the documents have been declassified yeah they're really really so there's good one called operation mincemeat there's yeah. one called ancient zigzag like they're all like i really enjoy them i just read literally like my last book uh, was agent sonia about oh, yeah, a female yeah, yeah. spy that was really really good i'm also at the moment nick and i are reading a book called the love prescription which is actually a really good book for people in couples because it basically just makes you think about how you act and how you can well be better i hate couples that aren't 50 percent <laughs> me so 50 percent. some of them could be 33 percent. do you know what you. yeah they could be 33 percent or even less yeah who are we to judge realistically i'm not going to give more than 10 percent am i <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> right moving on to arthur Arthur says, I always used to love baking when I lived at home, but two years ago, I moved away to start a new job and have been stuck with a tiny kitchen that I have to share with four other people. Ooh. The couple of times I've tried baking in it, I've ended up frustrated by the lack of space and I've kind of lost my baking mojo. I still enjoy it when I visit home, but I've gone from baking every two weeks or so to maybe baking once every six months. Do you have any tips for making baking easier in a small space? Oh, I hated this when I was at uni. I, I had the same thing. I struggled with it. And I used to get really passive aggressive because they'd be really messy. So I would leave notes on how to do washing up. <laughs> so like step one, turn on tap. Step two, put plug in. Did I'd... you leave the notes like on the wall stabbed with knives? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to get so mad. But I stopped baking when I went to uni. Like I really stopped baking because everything was sticky and I was always hungover and it was always a bit ugh. It's tough as well because not only that, but you've usually got limited cupboard space. Mm. And so you haven't got the space, but like how That's many cupboards do you have at the moment that are just full of baking things? Oh God, a horrible amount. Yeah. Whole cupboards Genuinely, it's a things. problem of like post-bake off life. We all have to get kitchens with a lot of fucking cupboards. Yep. I donated most of my tins I bought especially for bake off to charity, but I kept some of the nice ones and like I don't have space for them all. But it's hard because if you wanted to do madeleines, you need to have a madeleine tin. If you mm. want to do little little loaf tin things you gotta have little loaf tins like it's really but annoying for, for arthur i would say look at your one pot stuff like yeah um, there's an amazing brownie recipe which henry stole from the internet and he tweaked a bit and i stole from henry and i tweaked a bit further but it's basically just in one pan on the hob and then you just pour it into a tin and bake it so like look for like one tin one pan stuff yeah and there's lots of different cakes that use the same tins and things and yeah. I would just say, for my sake, I love baking. So don't let it frustrate you. If you know the kitchen's going to be messy, just factor in the, okay, I'm going to have to clean up a bit first before I start. Mm. Or leave really passive-aggressive notes stabbed throughout the whole kitchen so it's clean before you come in. <laughs> right. Moving on to Chris. Love the show. Loved your season. Had major crushes on you both. And yeah, still do. Oh. Okay, so people often say baking is a science and cooking is an art. I was debating this with a friend who is a baker and he agrees. He says he loves how scientific and precise baking is and hates cooking because it feels like interpretive dance. I've always felt baking had so much art form in it, from recipe design to decorating. What are your thoughts? I completely agree. I find cooking really hard. You're quite a good cook, but I find cooking like exactly what he's saying here. It stresses me out because like season to taste and I don't know what taste means. I don't know what taste is and like... And famously for my outfit choices. But I also like, I just find it all very stressful and I don't understand it. Like why I have to rest the steak? Why is that? There's so many things I just don't know. Whereas in baking, it's knowable. It's all just knowable. Yeah, I agree. But then with the opposite thing, because I, th I like cooking because you don't have to know everything. It's kind of, you get a feel for it. Whereas baking is science. It's also, I hate 
having to look at a recipe and know it, you know, it has to be exactly 300 grams. If I want to put 350 in, I want to just do that. Like cooking, you can mess around a lot more. I think that's the difference between you and me, isn't it? I like things to be ordered. Yeah, I and like I like to, to know not exactly have what's... to read things and not have to do things so yeah i completely agree i think baking is a science and it suits different mindsets to cooks i don't think necessarily people who can cook are necessarily good bakers and vice versa and i think they actually require different mindsets yep and some of us are good at both of them okay (laughs) also chris wrote at the end i'm coming to the uk for the first time in early june to see beyonce i'm 30 in early june oh and you're going to see beyonce as well i'm going to see i'm going to cardiff to see beyonce well, Chris is going to London and Ooh. he wants some advice on any fun gay hotspots. Okay, there's loads. Aim for Compton Street. There's lots of good drag at Freedom, which is on uh, Wardour Street. Every Sunday night they have a different drag gig that's on. If you follow the drag queens um, at It's Just Bones on Instagram and at Feel the Flesh on Instagram, you'll tend to see some of the good stuff. And then there's a drag queen called Dosa Cat, but I can't remember her instagram handle but there's loads of drag just aim for compton street and you'll find plenty of places like kuba freedom there's also heaven but heaven that's the biggest heaven's entire cross but it's huge it's the biggest gay club in europe isn't it is it i think so Someone's it's good fun that. although when, when the lights turn on at about five in the morning you do kind of reassess your life choices <laughs> um i like the way all these came from michael if it was me i would be telling you about uh toad bakery that just happens to be owned by two queer people oh what gays the word oh gays the word bookshop yeah, yeah definitely go there um, oh, it'll be fun. You'll have a lovely wee time. Also, Chris says he wants to see Michael on the apps as well. Well, I am off the Orange Facebook because of because of Twitter pylons. <laughs> I'm on the dating ones, but they are set to people who live near me, I'm afraid. Okay, Chris, come and live near Beep. <laughs> come and stay at a hotel near Beep. Okay, right. On to Fernando. Okay, this is not really a dating story, but a story I thought you'd both appreciate. I work as a doctor in A&E, and most shifts we deal with life or death situations. A lot more common than you'd think, however, are people presenting with rectal foreign bodies. Rectal? There's a title of a book, isn't there? (laughs) I don't think you need any further explanation as what this is. The other week, a man came in with a bottle of conditioner inside his rectum, which was reasonably simple to remove. Depends on the shape, I suppose. Yeah. We also had a patient who was found to have a phone in his rectum but asked for us to leave it in place because he was a prisoner. Oh, I was thinking more for the vibrations, but sure. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking, you put it in for the vibrations. Yeah, but, right. Well, it's both. a very cheap vibrator. <laughs> or an expensive one, depends on the phone. I really. was going to say, it could be quite expensive. Um, the most difficult case I've come across was a light bulb. Ooh. I guess that is difficult because if you broke it when you were trying to get it out, then... Yeah. Hmm. But I've heard a lot of stories of vacuum parts. Which bits the brush. <laughs> 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 oh no but this was oh, actually a long thin one there was a long thin one <laughs> yeah the long point like, looks like a sword. The pointy one i've yeah. got mine is cordless so i don't have the extra parts oh <laughs> well you do have this next one because i also heard of someone having to remove a chair leg okay quickly was it attached to the rest of the chair <laughs> and <laughs> i hope it was a kid's chair was he like were they attached to the whole chair oh, or they removed goodness. the chair leg and then inserted i mean if you were coming in for triage you'd be put through quite quickly if you had the whole chair still attached <laughs> to you so you're not gonna be able to sit for four hours in the waiting room are you i might have to sit quite well actually it's a chair <laughs> <laughs> and finally they'd heard of an artillery shell as in like a grenade I'm presuming, yeah, or one of those like old-fashioned World War ones. Or are they the small ones, like little tubes? Yeah. Because that's less impressive. No, that's a bullet. An artillery shell would be like a big mortar round. I don't think I know what an artillery shell is. Look at it. I mean, it looks like it's quite a nice thing to insert, but they are quite big. Is it bigger than a tortoise shell? Yes. Oh, they're quite large. 
I mean, the thing is, it's not really the largeness because they're sort of actually like dildo shaped. Yeah, exactly. You can keep on dilating. You can definitely get that in. I guess the issue with this is you'd probably need to have the bond disposal people as well as the doctors to help remove it. Sure. I mean, the light bulbs are really strange choice. Yeah. Like, why would I? I wouldn't look at anything glass and go, do you know what I should do with that? Well, do you know what? I actually have worked in A&E as well. And we, it's a lot more common than you think. And some people do it for attention. In fact, the Guardian newspaper in the UK, they used to actually publish it every year of a list of all, of the, all things. the things that were found. <laughs> and then I remember one year there was all these asterisks and I got to the end and the asterisks were all of these were one person. And they kept on doing it. But I think they had like Munchausen's disease where you deliberately want to get attention. Sure. Or it could just be a kink. Yeah, it could be a kink. I mean, as long as it's safe, I'm not against you doing any of these things. It's not really for me. I mean, the light bulb is very bizarre, I think. I mean, some of the things I can imagine, if you're in the shower and you're, you're warm and relaxed and slack, then you might want to think you've Please got a nice shaped conditioner bottle. Then. No, that's, I don't look at any of my, like, <laughs> any of my conditioner bottles and go, oh, you know what I want to do with that? What about this microphone? You put it in your mouth last week. I did. Do you know what? It's actually not a bad shape. It's not no, got... but the, the muff bit would be quite the, friction the, the difficulty is it's not got a flared base. And this is an important thing for everyone to know. A flared base means it won't go in there and get stuck. You don't want Uranus to go... Which for it to be gone. It's basically why people end up in A&E. Exactly. If, it, if it's a light bulb with a flared base, you'd be fine because then you could just like grab one and pull it out again. Yeah. Actually, no probably You don't want to pull it out just in case you clench it at the wrong moment and then it explodes. Oh. Yeah, still. If you've inserted a light bulb, always go to A&E. Well, that was an illuminating week. Illuminating? I assumed Fernando's light bulb wasn't plugged in. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> if you've heard of anything else peculiar that's ended up where the sun don't shine, we'd love to know. Would we? Regardless, drop some more questions, thoughts and stories over to stickybunboys at gmail.com. Remember that if you're missing your bake or fix, we're doing reviews of the holiday specials on our OnlyFans over at patreon.com forward stroke stickybunboys, plus recipes and behind the scenes tea. And if you're one of the bottoms on our OnlyFans, you also get regular Q and A's, you lucky things. Bottoms truly deserve the world. Amen. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Band Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. <laughs> We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.